up everyone, welcome to Refinery Life Church and welcome to another Thursday evening teaching. So glad you're here joining us. Before we go too far, like this message and share it with your friends and invite them to come and watch. It's important that we start getting people involved because God's going to do something in this city and we don't want people to miss out. And you know, if you're looking for a new church home, why don't you come and join us? We meet at 9.30 at 23 T.E. Peters Drive every Sunday. And we're also meeting at 3 p.m. at Yatla. So if you'd like the details for the Yatla meeting, you can get in contact with us. But we'd love to see you there. We're a friendly church. We preach the word of God. We have a fantastic children's church that's actually run by pastors. It's not a daycare. We'd love to see you come along. So come and join us. And join me now in the Lord's Prayer. Before we go any further, we always pray the Lord's Prayer. Because this was Jesus' model prayer. When the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray this was his response. He said, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Every believer needs to know what the Bible says about spiritual issues. Unfortunately, our understanding of what the Bible says over the last 20 years has really slipped, maybe even longer. And for the next three months, what the Bible says will be the theme of our Thursday evening messages. They'll be a little bit shorter than a normal message, but we'll go over it for about three months. And today's message is what the Bible says about God. I think that's something pretty important to understand, right? The text we're going to work through or concentrate on is Psalm 145, 17 and 18. <coughs> Excuse me. If you've got your Bible, open it up. We'll read it together. I'm reading from the New King James Version, but you can read from whichever version you prefer. Let's read it together. Verse 17 says, The Lord is righteous in all his ways, gracious in all his works. Amen to that. Yes, he is. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. <coughs> How good is that? And the scriptures we're actually going to work through are Psalm 145. And I think we should read the whole thing together. There's not that many verses. We're a Bible-believing church. We love the Lord, so let's read his word together tonight. Psalm 145 is a song of majesty and love. It's a praise of David. Verse 1 says, I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. That's a good start, isn't it? Every day I will bless you and I will praise your name forever and ever. A really good start. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. It just gets better again. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and your wondrous works. This is just like instruction on what we should be doing every day. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts and I will declare your greatness. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness and shall sing of your righteousness. <coughs> the Lord is gracious and full of compassion. Slow to anger and great in mercy. Aren't we grateful for that? The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. Yes, they are. 
All your works shall praise you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. We're in verse 11 now. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures forever, or sorry, throughout all generations. The Lord upholds all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. We're in verse 15 now. How are you going? Are you keeping up? Are you getting excited about this? The eyes of all look expectantly to you and you give them their food in due season. You open up your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, gracious in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. That's important to remember. To all who call upon him in truth. That's really important to remember. He will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He will also hear their cry and save them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. We need to make a choice which one we're going to be there. Verse 21, my mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord and all flesh shall bless his holy name forever and ever. How good is that? 21 verses. They're exciting. If we just live our life just in, in that psalm, how much better would life be? Let's pray for the offering. Let's, let's, if you've got your seed and you're ready to sow, let's pray for that seed. We want to make sure that the, the sower is blessed and that also there's a crop to harvest. So, Father, we come to you because you made us. Lord, you redeemed us. We acknowledge that everything we have, every perfect gift comes from your bountiful hands. Make us good stewards of everything you've given us, Lord. And by your grace, we, we were brought with a price. And therefore, we, we desire to glorify you and you alone. Lord, receive from our hearts and our hands these gifts this evening and bless them to use for your glory. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, it's impossible to define God. To do so is to limit him. It is possible, however, to des describe God. And the source from which we arrive at the description is the Bible. So it's appropriate to title this study to the, tonight what the Bible says about God, because that is all that matters. What I say about God, if it's not in the Bible, doesn't count. The Bible is what tells us who God is. So the first thing this evening is the nature of God. You know, God is a spirit. People tend to depend on some tangible evidence for the, for the existence of God. But the Holy Spirit is the one who enables people to grow in their understanding and their concept of God as spirit. And God is one. Monotheism was the great distinctive of, of Judaism. Polytheism was the curse of the ancient world. It's the curse of our, our current world as well. People have made money their God and things their God. And some people have even made 
the pastor, their God. Even though God has expressed himself to humans in multiplicity of ways, he is still one God. And God is personal. People can't know or experience an impersonal force or an absolute power. But they can know a God who has personality and can identify with humans. And God is Trinitarian. Though God is one person, he reveals himself to people bearing three relationships. The Father, he's infinite in love and power and wisdom. He's the creator as the Father who has divine purpose in all that he does. As the Son, he is the revealer of God, the key to humankind's knowledge of God and, and history. As the Holy Spirit, he manifests himself spiritually to humans. The Holy Spirit came upon people in the Old Testament, enabling them to prophesy and perform mighty works. We, we've all read those scriptures. He was the agent in Jesus' conception, wasn't he? And he was present at his baptism and during his temptation in the wilderness. In the church age, he empowers and indwells in believers and convicts both the saved and the unsaved of their sin. Second thing this evening is God's natural abilities. He is infinite. There's no limit to his being. He's omnipotent. He has all power and can do anything in keeping with his nature and purpose. Limits to his power are self-imposed. He cannot lie or act contrary to his own laws and his character and purpose. He's omnipresent. He's always present in all parts of his creation and universe. He's always there. He's neither limited by time nor space, but is a free, personal spirit. He's omniscient. He has all knowledge and knows all things simultaneously. His knowledge is immediate and without process of thought or reason. God's foreknowledge is a part of his omniscience. God is changeless. You know what was sin in the Bible in the Old Testament is still sin today? He's changeless. He, he's, God doesn't have bipolar. What he's promised, he will deliver. He is immutable. He is the one in whom there is no variableness. This is in James 1.17. It says, There is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. He is one. What are God's moral attributes is our third thing this evening. God is capable of hatred of evil and of those things that oppose and seek to interrupt his divine purposes. God is impartial. He does not show respect of persons. He is long-suffering, and thank you, Lord, for that. God's long-suffering attitude towards sinful humans is one of his most amazing characteristics. God is love. We've all heard that before, but what does it mean? God does not possess love. He is love. Love is the essence of his nature and character. God is capable of showing vengeance. God's vengeance, unlike human vengeance, is not a calculated retaliation because of personal hurt. Our refusal to respond to God's loving invitation ultimately releases his judgment. 
Let me say that again. Our refusal to God's loving invitation ultimately releases his judgment. So the fourth thing this evening are what are God's roles? First one, he is the creator. He is the one who conceived and created all things. He is judge. God judges us through his word, by his nature, by his perfect and holy nature, and by his spirit. He is our shepherd. One of the most beautiful descriptions of Jesus' relationship to and concern for people is that of shepherd. And you know that the sheep hear the shepherd's voice? So if you're not hearing the voice of the Lord, maybe you need to get a little bit closer, a little bit quieter, and start listening to what he's saying. As we finish up this evening, human intellectual limitations make it possible for us to exhaust our descriptions of God. We've got a reason with everything, haven't we? Every day lived as a member of his family produces new insights and discoveries concerning him. We can say with Paul, as in Romans 11.33, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgment, judgment sorry, and his ways past finding out. How good is our God? I want you to be able to say that with Paul. Let me encourage you, as I do every single time we meet, to be diligent with your Bible study time because God has so much more for us than we can get from just going to church once or twice a week and hearing someone else talk about the Word. We've got to start living it. When you spend time with God, your life will change in amazing ways because God is a Redeemer. Nothing that's too hard for Him. And He can make you whole, spirit, soul, and body if you allow Him to. <coughs> and you're important to God probably wouldn't be watching or listening to this if you didn't believe that. But you're also important to us at the refinery. So when it comes to prayer, we believe that God wants to meet your needs and reveal his promises directly to you. So whatever you're concerned about and you need prayer for, we want to be here for you. Even if you just want to say hi, you can contact us on www.refinerylife.org or via any of our social media. And we're believing that this year, 2023, is a of divine restoration and divine recovery. So if you've had things taken from you, if you believe that you've been waiting on a healing and it hasn't come yet, this year is the year. But you're going to need to do something. You're going to need to get a little bit closer to God. And until next time, stay in the blessing.